Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Breaking Boundaries by Barbell Apparel. Today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Corbin Burns. He is a MLB pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers and in his uh, his early career he's already accomplished a ton. Uh, he's a two times all-star, he's a Cy Young Award winner, um, he was the uh, ERA leader in 21, the strikeout leader in 22, pitched a combined no-hitter on September 11th of 21, and he's just a all-around stone-cold crusher when he's throwing a baseball. So, uh, <laughs> Corbin, really glad to have you here today. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, thanks to you. Uh, thanks to Hunter for having me on, and um, you know, excited to kind of share some insights and um, you know, help help anyone I can. Yeah, I know. I, I've watched uh, several of your, your, you know, like ESPN interviews and things leading up to this. And I know you're real big on the the mental component of training and the psychology aspect of all that. And we'll definitely dive into that um, because I think it's something any listener could apply to their own, you know, day-to-day psychology and, and things like that. But first, let's get a, a little bit more about you, your background, how you got started in baseball, things like that. So um, now that we're in the offseason, what, what are you typically doing with your days right now? Yeah, so the offseason for me is, is uh, you know, filled with most of the time, you know, just spend a day with the family. Um, you know, we're gone so much during the season and, and so caught up in – and, and life at the field and, and trying to prepare to, you know, to be the best we can that, um, you know, family isn't, isn't necessarily pushed to the side, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's tough to find the time with them. So my main priority every off season is to make sure I'm spending time with, with the family. Um, I have a nine month old son named Carter that, um, is really taking up most of the off season this year, chasing him around. He just started crawling. Um, so days are filled with, you know, chasing him and, and, you know, going through his crazy schedule, but, um, yeah, just started training a couple weeks ago. Um, and so, you know, just like any other athlete, um, it's, it's days filled with, you know, training, going to play catch, throwing, um, and then kind of hammering the mental side of it, um, which, which we'll get into, but, um, yeah, I mean, off season for me, it's, it's, I try to keep it as, as, you know, relaxed and chill as possible. I like, I like to golf, um, I like to fish. That's, kind of what I, I prefer to do is go, is go fish. And, um, for me, it's, it's peaceful. It's get, it gets, gets away from the noise, gets away from people, um, gets away from the, you know, the, the computer screen, the phone screen, um, just kind of disconnect. So, um, off seasons for me are, are very in, enjoyable, um, with the, the stresses of the seasons that we go through. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like to, to take, take it easy, hang out with the fam. Um, and then, you know, the training and the baseball part of the off season kind of comes second, um, you know, the training, I kind of work around my daily schedule with, with my wife and, and, and kid. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I could talk forever about, I have two young, young kids and I love spending time with them. I could talk. About <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's cool that you get the chance to spend time with, uh, the, the nine month old, uh, during the off season. I think, you know, a lot of people, I mean, if someone's really into baseball, they, they've probably figured this out, but a lot of people who like watch baseball here or there, or maybe, you know, not as diehard fans don't realize just how insane the on-season schedule is for you guys. I mean, between the frequency of games and then the traveling and then everything else you have to do, I mean, it's like the, the schedule is nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it takes up really eight months of, of the year because you, know, you got, um, you know, two months of two and a half months of spring training. Then you got a six month season, um, not counting the postseason. So, you know, really it's, it's, eight to nine months of, of nonstop, um, you know, action. We're at the field typically 10 to 12 hours a day. Um, in season, we play 162 games in 180 days. So there's not many days off and half those days off are spent traveling to, to the city you go to. Um, you know, trips are basically there from seven days to 10 days long. Um, and then when you're home, it's kind of like, Hey, we're home, but then you're still at the field 12 hours a day. So it's one of those things that, um, trying to find family time in season is, is tough. Um, you know, my wife and, and son will, will come with me as much as they can, um, on road trips to, you know, to cities that are close by. Um, obviously we do a lot of, of traveling in the air, so it's tough on, on the wife and kid to, to fly around so much. So, um, it's definitely one of those things that I think a lot of people just see kind of the on field of, Hey, these guys are playing a game for a living, which, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to play a game, um, and hopefully can do that as long as I can. But, um, you know, there's definitely, a you know, a backside of it that I don't think a lot of people see. And it's, it's a lot of time away from family, um, 
that you know it puts a lot of pressure on 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 your wife and kids at home to to kind of do things on their own and and um, you know hold a household together while while we're gone on the road. Yeah, and I mean, just juggling the family life is only one component of of everything you have to deal with, right? I mean, just the the stresses of um, having to play that many games, right? Like if you were to divide that up and spread it across the whole year, it'd still virtually be a game every other day, right? So it's like <laughs> now you're condensing it into the baseball season and you have to perform and perform and perform over and over again. Um, I mean, what is that like? And, and do you find it difficult to continually perform at a high level? So for me, I'm being a starting pitcher. I, I, I tell everyone I have the greatest job on, on the planet. Um, you know, over the course of 162 game seasons, I'll make anywhere from 30 to 32 starts. So I'm, I have to take the ball and go entertain and, and perform only, you know, 30 plus times a year. Um, which for me is, I, I feel what makes it the greatest job on the earth. I got four days in between to prepare my body and prepare my mind, um, you know, game plan, whatever it may be for that fifth day, that fifth day it's, you know, I, I pour it all on, all on the field um, and do what I can for the team, give all my effort. And then I got four days to, to, you know, to, to recover and, and get ready for the next one. So for me, um, I feel like my job as a baseball player is by far the easiest and the best just because you know, I'm, I'm pitching in a fifth of the games um, versus, you know, some of our position players and bullpen guys that are throwing in half the games or playing in 150 of the 160 games. So those, those guys, um, you know, they're, what they're going through on a daily basis, putting their body on the line, um, just the mental wear that um, those guys have to go through is, is definitely a lot tougher and a lot more toll, um, I think, on their body and their mind over the course of a season. Um, you know, workloads, it, it becomes similar just because, on my fifth day, I'm throwing, you know, six, seven, eight innings. Um, and, you know, so those bullpen guys are throwing one, maybe two every couple of days. So it ends up at the end of the year, we end up throwing more. It's just in a more condensed, um, you know, one day, four days off, do it again, four days off. So, um, you know, a lot of my job isn't necessarily what's going on on the field. It's the four days leading up to my start, um, which is what I think kind of separates the, you know, different tiers of, of pitchers in the league of, um, obviously you have to be able to throw a baseball really well and get guys out, but I think it's the preparation leading up to that day, um, which kind of helps guys separate from, from one another. Yeah. So I suppose, I mean, I suppose like you are, you're pitching in, in less overall games, but because of the, the depth you're going in those games, there's a lot of responsibility, um, for either this, the success or the failings of that given game riding directly on you, right? Like, whereas, uh, someone that's only participating in an inning or two or something that's much more positional. Like it's not, there, there's not quite so much of the fate of the team hinging on their singular performance. Um, so leading up to those, those big performances where you do have kind of so much writing on how you as an individual perform in that game, what are you spending those four days doing to prepare and to make sure that you kind of execute on your plan? Yeah. So a lot of people ask me, well, what's, what's your goal um, for the course of a season? And my, my number one goal every year is health. Um, I'm able to contribute to the team the best that I can if I'm healthy and on the field. So for me, my main um, goal in the off season, throughout the year, um, whatever it may be, is to keep the body healthy, keep the arm feeling good, keep the legs underneath me, whatever it may be, to be able to throw 200 plus innings, make 30 plus starts, um, because I feel that's where I'm helping the team the most. Um, so my four days in between you know, every start is the first day after is completely geared toward recovery. It's making sure the body's feeling right. It's starting the recovery process so that I know by day five, my body feels hundred percent. I can go out and perform it at, at the maximum level. Um, so the first day after is always recovery. Um, there's many different ways that um, guys recover. Um, you know, it's there's, there's the um, hydrotherapy, you know, hot and cold tubs, um, there's, you know, STEM, STEM units with the, you know, electrodes, that kind of stuff. There's just manual, uh, massage stuff, um, soft tissue. So whatever it may be, um, you know, guys use many different avenues to try to recover, um, throughout the course of the year, I use basically all of it. Um, sometimes my body will respond better to hydrotherapy, sometimes, you know, massage, soft tissue, that kind of stuff. So 
my recovery process throughout the year is, is always evolving. Um, something might work well for two or three weeks, then, Hey, you know, body's not bouncing back. Okay. Let's switch up recovery to try to, you know, spark a new, you know, new stimulus in your system. Um, so that's typically what day one is. Day two is part of that. Um, but day two is then I kind of flip into, you know, the, the strength and, you know, muscle mass building that goes along with recovery. Um, my thing is if, you know, if you're not gaining strength, you're losing strength. There's really no maintaining. So, um, Day two and day three are kind of my, my strength gaining days. Um, I split up my workouts into upper body and lower body lifts um, just so, you know, I do the lower lower body first. Typically, the lower body is what for me is the most tired after a start. Um, so if I get that workout done day two, then I still got two days for the legs to completely recover to be ready to go for, for the start day. So um, day two, day two and day three are, are the, the straight kind of the strength days along with the recovery days to, to kind of keep um you know, building strength throughout the year. So you're not, you know, tailing off by August and September. Um, it could just kind of feel gassed and weak by the end of the year. And then the day before I start, um, day four is kind of any, any finishing touches that I need on recovery. Um, you know, things like, you know, the, um, Norma Tech compression sleeve, something, something light recovery, um, to kind of make the body just feel good for for the next day. We go through a little, little priming session, which basically is just going and, and break a sweat, kind of do some full body movements, um, just to get the body prepared. And then, um, you know, day five is, is, is my start day. And that's kind of when each guy has their own, their own process leading into to getting ready. Um, a lot of my process on that fifth day is, is, is mental, um, kind of mind, not necessarily mind games, but kind of focus and, uh, mental techniques I use to, to get in the kind of in that zone that everyone talks about. Um, you know, throughout the course of the week, I do a lot of breathing and, and different exercises to kind of work and practice on those focus te- techniques so that when day five comes around, it's, you know, whether it's an hour and a half, two hours before, whatever it may be, it's, we start through this process of kind of getting the mind slowly locked in. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of guys say, oh, I wake up, you know, completely focused going into it. Personally, I can't do that. Um, for me, that's too long of a mental grind to, wake up and it's 8 a.m. and your game's at 6 p.m. that night. And it's like, that's that's way too long for me to try to stay locked in. So if we have a 7 o'clock game, I'm usually starting to try to get focused at 5 or 5.30 um, so that I can carry that through for, for four hours um, and try to stay at the peak level of, of, of focus and mental aptitude throughout the course of the start. Um, and then after the start, it's, you know, this starts the process all over. So I get to do that process and that, um, recovery strength and kind of mental cycle 30, 30 plus times. Uh, that's, that's really, um, interesting. And uh, I mean, the amount of thought you put into it all is, um, obviously you're like a a really intelligently thought about all this process. Um, you mentioned something kind of interesting. You said that the, you feel the most tired in your lower body after a starting, um, pitch. And I would, I would have thought it would have been the arm, but I guess, is it just like all the power you're driving from your lower body that really fatigues it? Yeah. So a lot of, um, I guess the forces and stuff that you're putting on, on your body will come from your legs as you're driving down the mound. Um, so for me over the course of a start, when I start to get tired, it's not necessarily the arm it's, you know, in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, whatever it may be is kind of, Hey, your legs start to feel tired and that's mechanically where you start to break down. That's what can lead to, to soreness in the, in the arm and upper body. Um, so for me, I've done a lot of, a lot of work throughout my career up to this point of, you know, mechanically making sure everything's sound. And that starts for me from, from my base up, which is, is kind of the legs up to the arm. So a lot of my focus mechanically is in the legs, um, torso, you know, the core, um, working on good separation with, with, with your core and, and your lower half. So for me, when things start to get tired, it's, it's, it's the legs. Um, it's typically the back leg. That's where we're, you know, creating all of our forces driving off the mound. Um, so when that starts to get tired, it's kind of when things start to break down. So for me, um, at the end of the start, the next day, that's where most of my recovery goes into is, is kind of the legs, um, whether it's through hydrotherapy or, or, um, like I said, the soft tissue massage, obviously we'll still work on, on the upper half because there's, there's going to be some soreness up there just because you're throwing a baseball a hundred plus times in, in the stretch of two hours. So it's definitely a lot of, a lot of load on the arm, but most of the, the soreness for me comes in the, in the lower half. And that's where most of my, um, focus on strengthening is in the off season is, is in the lower half. And during the season, it's the lower half. So, um, you know, if you look at a lot of guys in the big leagues now, I mean, 
just physical specimens. They're, I mean, their their lower half, their their thighs, their quads. It's it's unbelievable how how big some of those guys are. And for me, it's like I'm just trying to get to that level that these guys are on. Um, cause I know that if I can have that kind of strength and that, that stamina over course of seven, eight innings every time, um, it's just going to lead to positive results. Yeah. Well, I mean, you seem to be, uh, having an amazing start and, uh, everything seems to be trending in the right direction. So I'm sure that yeah, you will definitely achieve that. <laughs> uh, we'll keep decking you out with the jeans that fit those, those beefy quads. Um, you, you mentioned that, that your recovery regimen, you kind of change up as you, you're finding certain stimuli to not be producing the recovery results you desire or whatever. Um, how, like, what's your gauge for deciding that, hey, this regimen is no longer doing what I need it to, so I'm going to mix things up? Or is it like more of an intuitive feeling? Or are you seeing like your performance on days two and three when you're lifting weights or whatever go down? Or kind of like what's the impetus for you to say like, okay, hey, this isn't working quite as well as it was. Let's mix things up. Usually it's when we get to days two and three, excuse me, and the body isn't feeling like like we want it to. Um, typically, the day after I start um, that kind of day one recovery day, by the time day two rolls around, there's maybe very little soreness to no soreness in, in kind of the lower body, the upper half. Um, so for me, when that kind of carries into the day three, um, when we're getting into lifting the upper half, if you know the shoulder is still feeling a little sore, the legs are still feeling a little weak, whatever it may be. Um, that's kind of when it's like, Hey, you know what? We're day three. We should be feeling pretty good. Um, that's also the day I throw my bullpen, um, which is roughly 12 to 15 pitches. So if in my bullpen, I'm still feeling soreness and, you know, my legs are still tired or, you know, shoulders still a little sore, um, or even the cores, you know, just still, you know, relatively sore. Um, that's when it's, we, we the n- next time we go through, we got to k- kind of switch up the game plan, um, of whether it's, Hey, we need more, we need to, kind of tone down the exercises, um, the strengthening stuff, because it's late August. Um, so we need to make sure the body's primed for a, you know, September, October push, um, or it's, it's middle of the season. It's May, it's June. Um, and Hey, we're, we're still sore day three. Then we, we really need to look into, um, you know, different average of recovery. Usually I can go five or six starts, um, uh, before we have to kind of switch up the, the recovery technique. Um, and sometimes it's very little, sometimes it's, Hey, you know, we're, we've been focusing more on your know, hydrotherapy, um, hot and cold tub. You know, let's just switch the, just do cold tub, you know, just do straight cold tub for 10 or 12 minutes and don't even get in the hot, just something to, to kind of spike a different stimuli in your system, um, or your brain, just a different, um, stimulus to, to kind of get that body going, get the, cause for, you know, for me, I, I believe a lot of the recovery that's done is, is by your body. It's not from the outside stimulus. Um, so for me, you know, it's what you put in your body. It's how you're preparing your body that allows your body to bounce back. And so if sitting in a cold tub for 10 minutes, you know, kind of jumps that stimulus in your brain of, Hey, we need to get recovering. Then, then that's perfect. So for me, it's, it's more about doing different things to remind your body, remind your muscles, like, Hey, let's, let's recover and let's try to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so like we've talked a lot about the physical components of recovery or like external stimuli, uh, what kind of emphasis do you place on, you know, like nutrition or sleep? Yeah. So nutrition for me, um, is, is big in the off season. Um, you know, that's, that's something I kind of two years ago, I, I went and did a full blood, blood workup, blood test, um, just to kind of see, you know, where we're lacking nutritionally, um, just to kind of give us help that, that little more of an edge, um, so nutritionally, it's, it's heavily focused in the off season just because we're not doing as much with our you know workouts in our bodies. Um, we're not having that heavy stress um, from pitching and, and throwing so many so many balls in a day. Um, so for me, that's where you know workouts and nutrition are really important. Um, in the off season, it's not as much just because um, you know we're working we're working out so much, we're training so much, um, we're throwing every single day. The, the stresses our body are a lot higher. That it's more about just making sure our body has the has a food source and has an energy source. Um, so nutrition is is big for me in the off season. Um, in season, not as much. It's more about hey, make sure we got got the you know the energy in the body so that we're burning you know burning the proper things in our body, not, you know, you know, the, the muscles and stuff that we want to build throughout the course of a season. Um, the other thing is sleep. Sleep is big. Um, I actually, throughout the year, I, I'll kind of monitor, um, monitor my sleep and 
I've kind of found out that kind of the best range for me is like the seven to seven and a half hours of sleep. Um, so in season, it's very easy when you're on the road, you know, game ends at you know, midnight, you get back and it's 1 p.m. in the, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning. It's very easy to be like, you know what, I'm going to stay in, lay in bed and sleep till nine or 10 o'clock and not get up and then grab some breakfast and go to the field. So it's for me, it's important to have those alarm clocks set. So, that, hey, seven, seven and a half hours, we're up, we're moving. Um, it just creates, you know, mentally you're, you you kind of get the day going, um, but also get your body moving of, hey, we don't want to just, you know, be a slug in bed for, for nine or 10 hours. And then you kind of feel crappy the rest of the day getting into the field and it, it affects your workouts and um, your throwing techniques and that kind of stuff. So sleep has, has become very big um, in season um, off season as well. Um, I'll give myself a little bit more time in the off season just cause we're um, training a little bit harder, allow the muscles and, and stuff to, to kind of recover a little bit more just through sleep. But um, sleep is something that the last two years has, has kind of big, a big, big focus as well as the nutrition. Yeah, awesome. No, I mean it's like all the all the pieces come together to make the the performance you've obviously been displaying, and uh, it's like the it's the amount of uh, effort you're putting into kind of like breaking it down to all the different elements, um, kind of like shows with your performance, right? Um, I'm curious. You, you've mentioned like the recovery, the nutrition, the sleep, uh, the the lifting, and and everything else. How much time do you spend? Uh, I guess either in off season and in season. Uh, working on like the the specific baseball elements, right? Like the the pitching, obviously number one. And then, do you have to spend much time with the other like kind of elements, like you know, running, uh, catching, hitting, stuff like that? Yeah. So my uh, so typically when when what my off season look like when the season ends, I'll take two weeks um, of just basically doing nothing. Um, it's I, I call it like my my couch potato stage. It's like wake up get some breakfast, kind of hang out, hang out with the family, go do, you know, get groceries, do whatever it may be. Um, for, for two weeks, I basically, I don't do anything. That's like the, the factory reset kind of button for, for my body just to, to go through all the, you know, the groans and the pains of the season. Um, typically every year I, I get sick with it. It's just kind of one of those things that your body's just, you know, so high stress from the adrenaline and everything that when the season ends, you have this huge um, kind of let let off of adrenaline stress that usually it kind of kicks my body um, kind of kicks my butt for two weeks. And then it's kind of, okay, now it's time to get going again. Um, so then when I get going again, it's more about, uh, you know, getting the heart and the lungs in shape. So it's um, usually three or four days a week of more kind of high intensity type stuff, um, just to kind of get the body moving, get the, you know, get your legs back underneath you, um, get the heart pumping and get the lungs going a little bit. Um, so usually there's, there's two weeks of that before we kind of get into, you know, the, the actual training of the off season. Um, so then at that point is kind of when I'll pick up a baseball again. So usually it's a, it's a month to five weeks when the season ends before I'll pick up a baseball before I'll start, you know, get into kind of the heavy lifting, um, and then basically you've got, so that's usually at the beginning of November. So then you've got basically three months, uh, three and a half months until, until really spring training starts, um, to, to get all your training in, work on anything you want to do. Um, as far as mechanically goes with, with your pitching, um, working on different pitches, um, just kind of everything in general has to take place in that, in that three months. Um, so my lifting, I'll, like I said, I'll start off getting kind of legs underneath me, the lungs, the heart kind of moving again. Um, before I'll get into like our strength phase, which is, you know, more reps, not super heavy, um, kind of gaining that muscle base, um, that we want to build off before we kind of get into the power phase, um, kind of get into power around Christmas time. Um, Christmas time into early January is kind of like, you know, the power where we're, you know, jumping, um, really trying to move a ton of weight, um, to kind of get that explosiveness, um, of into your legs and your body. Cause that's what basically what pitching is. It's just an explosive movement over and over again for, you know, hundred, 150 times. Um, so that's kind of our huge, you know, power phase. It's usually two to three weeks long. Um, takes us into like mid January of where we're explosive body's feeling good. That's when we're, our, you know, our throwing is kind of ramped up, um, to the point that we start getting into bullpen. So we're translating our, our power in the, in the, the weight room into our bullpens and our throwing, um, so that kind of leads us into mid January. Then we've got kind of a two to three week stage of where we're just kind of not necessarily maintaining, but we kind of drop more into a strength phase where we're going more high reps, um, not as heavy of weight, just so when, you know, spring training rolls around at the beginning of February, um, you know, body feels good. You're not 
getting any of those soreness um, that you get from the heavy lifting and the explosive type phase. Um, so your body's primed to come into spring training. Then we have um, seven, seven to eight weeks spring training um, where you kind of go through like a mini, for me, it's like a mini off season into spring training. You get into spring training, you're having to run more, you're having to, you know, field, you know, go out and do fielding drills. You're standing around a lot more. So all of a sudden your body has been trained to work out, throw, and then kind of recover the rest of the day. Now all of a sudden you're having more standing around, you got more team function. Um, so you, you get sore. It's, it's, it's strange. You work out all off season, then you get into your first week of spring training. You're like, I, I, I feel like I'm doing so much more. Your body just feels worn out. It's just from just different stresses getting into, in the spring training. So for me, it's kind of like a mini off season then to in spring training to lead up to season. So you got two weeks of just kind of getting your body back underneath you. You got three weeks of a, of a strength, two weeks of a power, and then you got basically three or four days to lead you back into a season to feel good again. So for me, it's like you have this long, long off season of three and a half months of going through this long drawn out phase of getting the body where you want to be. You get to spring training, all of a sudden you feel like crap and you don't know why. So you do it all over again in spring training and it leads you into, into the, the, you know, the opening day start um, feeling that, you know, the best you can, um, you know, explosive, you've worked on all your pitches, um, for me, throwing in the off season is, is, isn't a huge priority. Um, I know I'm going to get plenty of throwing when I get to spring training. Um, so typically when I start throwing, it's, you know, it's three days a week for probably three weeks, just kind of get the body, um, the arm kind of going through the motion, kind of get the, your mind remembering what it feels like. Um, and then I don't really ramp up throwing until right around Christmas time when we get into that explosive, that power phase. Um, cause I feel like it translates perfectly into, you know, Long toss a little bit, getting get on the mound, throwing some bullpens. Um, so I feel like that kind of they kind of go hand in hand, and then um, you know, you get, we get plenty of throwing in spring training and throw roughly fifteen to twenty innings of of any of work in spring training leading into into the season. So it's definitely a lot, but um, you know, for me, that's kind of what I found works best to have the body feeling right and the arm feeling right going into that uh, that opening day start. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I mean, the, the schedule between, you know, like you're, you're starting 30 or so games and then you have the, the, these periods in between your games, but it, it's basically already all mapped out, right? You have your recovery day and then you have to keep lifting to keep your strength up and then you have to prepare for the game and then you have to pitch the game. So I'd imagine that like you kind of need to go into the season um, with everything you need already kind of like built in terms of like your physicality, right? Like once you're, once you're in season, it's more about performing and maintaining what you have. There's not a lot of opportunity to kind of like make, uh, make, make gains or adjustments at that point. Right. Yeah. No, so that like, yeah, I mean, you said it's like your body, you get to a point where you feel like, Hey, this is, you've basically got, everyone's got this, you know, day they're shooting for this year is going to be March. I think it's 30th or 31st is, is opening day. And that's kind of what you're shooting for. So it's like, Hey, you've got until this day to get everything feeling right to having the body where you want the arm, where you want pitches to, to look like, um, what you want. Um, and then, yeah, once you get there, that's like, here's, here's kind of as a starting pitcher, here's your template of you got 30 starts, you've got four days in between, you know, go out and perform. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's, there's injuries and you, you kind of get banged up along the way that can kind of throw off your template. But, um, for me, once you get in season, that's where, you know, the mental side of it really comes into play just because you've got everything lined up for you. Now it's all about, can you stick to your plan? Can you wake up in the morning, do what you got to do to get ready? Can you, you know, go, can you get your workouts done? Um, can you prepare for your starts? Can you go through all your homework, watch all the video, um, so that you know when you go take the ball um, for that first pitch of the game that you're you're as prepared as you can be. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, in in many ways, like that's kind of like a unique aspect of of baseball. And I mean, what you do is like a lot of athletics. It's much more like much more elongated training periods with much shorter peaks, right? Whereas for you, it's like a pretty condensed training. By the time right. like you have your rest postseason and then ramp back up in the training, it's like you're not getting to train for even that long before it's like right back into another season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one, the other part of it is you know guys will try to make huge gains um, in the in the short off season and just you know come into in the spring training worn out. Um, 
it's one of those things you have to yeah. really manage manage your time well of hey you've really got three months to accomplish it, what you want to do um, and it's tough because you know I did it coming off of off of 2019 is you have so many things you want to work on uh, whether it's getting stronger um, mechanically you want to work on pitches you just you don't have a, you don't have a ton of time to do everything um, so it's going to take you know, long days of trying to get it all done and, and hopefully you can get the recovery to so that your body feels good come spring training or you have to pick, you know, one to two things to kind of focus on um, and really focus on that and try to make that better throughout the course of an off season so that you're still prepared for a season. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a tough balance of, you know, hey, I want to work on getting stronger. I want to work on pitches. I want to work on mechanically. Um you know, even if you have two or three different things mechanically you want to work on, it's it's tough to accomplish it all in that three month off season, um, so that you can still get to get to spring training. And and for a lot of guys, you're still trying to, you know, to to make a roster or earn a spot on the team, um, especially with at, at a young point in your career. Yeah, and so I mean, I'm sure as a competitive athlete, someone who's like highly driven, you probably want to be the best at everything and all of the elements of your game to be like as good as it can. But obviously you, you don't have the time or the physical capability of recovering from like, if you were to just try to hammer everything, how do you go about prioritizing what you want to work on? And, and kind of like, I suppose, like, are you picking what you perceive to be the weakest areas or are you leaning into your strengths? How are you uh, setting that up? Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on, on how your season just went. Um, you know, so I, I, I debuted in 2018 as a reliever um, 2019, I knew it was going to be a starter. Um, so for me, that off season was kind of centered around how am I going to make my body last for 200 innings versus, you know, the 40 innings I just threw. So that was going to be the, be the big jump. So if my focus that off season wasn't necessarily pitching stuff, um, mechanically it was, it was more about making sure my body was prepared for a long season. So that, you know, obviously is, is more on the lines of, of working out and training, um, and then 2019, I, I, I struggled, um, body felt great. Everything felt good. Velocity was good. Stuff was where I wanted, but just didn't get results on the mat. Just didn't perform. So that was for, for going into 2020, that off season following 19, my goal was, okay, now we got to work on, you know, the pitching side of it more, the, you know, different pitches, um, mechanically making sure we're, we're, where we want to be. And so it was less focused on the training aspect of it. And it was more of, Hey, make sure the body's good enough that I can go get good work done on the mound, um, working on pitches. So you can't kill yourself in the weight room knowing that you got to get work done on the mound. Um, 2020 had a good season. So going into 2020, 20, uh, 21, I was kind of in new territory of like, Hey, we had, a, we performed well. The body felt you know, was good over the course of a season. Um, had an injury right at the end of 2020. So that was kind of, for me, it was like, just gave me this indicator of like, Hey, we where we're at, we want to be, you know, pitches wise mechanically. Now it's back to focusing on the body and making sure we're healthy. So that's kind of where most of my, my off seasons are now is I've, I've performed well for the last three years. So every off season, excuse me, every off season has been more about health. It's more about adding, you know, adding strength, um, working on mobility, um, just in general, it's, it's more about keeping the body healthy over the course of, you know, that eight month season, um, versus focusing, you know, focusing particularly on one pitch or mechanically. Um, so that's kind of, it's, it's weird because it's like, Hey, as a pitcher, you want to constantly work on pitches, pitches that, and for me, it's, it's, it's really not, it's, you know, I, I know what I can do when I'm, when I'm healthy and when I'm on the mound. So for me, it's prioritizing the body and making sure that I'm healthy enough to go out and make 30 plus starts and, and help the team win. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd guess at this point in your career, like you've had really high performance seasons like in recent history. Uh, and so you probably know kind of like where your pitches need to be and what you expect out of yourself as long as, like you said, you're healthy. So I'm sure like as long as your pitches are feeling good, you don't feel overly compelled to go spend a bunch of time working on what's already up to your standards. You'd rather make sure that you can like kind of take those standards and run deep with them and not like kind of run out of gas. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, so for me, it's, it's health. And then the other side of it, um, which I haven't talked about much is, is the mental side of it. Um, that's, that's kind of what I've worked on a ton the last yeah. couple of years. Um, and it's, it's more about, you know, the preparation, the focus, um, just different techniques of, for me, it was basically you know, knowing I belonged in the big leagues. It was, you know, I came up in 18, did well, 
19 struggled. It's like, man, it was, it was like, you know, I, I really got beaten down. Now it's, it's trying to build everything back up, but it's more about just, you know, knowing you belong there, trusting your stuff. Um, so that, and when you're on the mound, it's, it's one pitch at a time. You're focusing on, you know, the things you can control, um, not worrying about, you know, the umpire, the other team, you know, your teammates, what's going on. It's, it's about what you're doing on the mound. Um, and being a starting pitcher is, you know, you, you control the pace of the game, you control how the game goes. And so it's for me focusing on being ready that, you know, when I take the ball for the first pitch, I feel prepared. Um, I know what I'm doing. It's every hitter that comes to the plate. Um, I have different ways to get guys out. It's, it's the preparation for me that led up to every start is, you know, kind of for me is what's fun now. It's, it's game planning. It's, you know, two or three days of video. It's looking at previous times I faced these guys. It's, you know, finding new ways to get guys out that you faced a bunch of times. So for me, it's not necessarily, you know, how I'm throwing pitches or, you know, what I'm doing physically on the mound. It's, it's more about the, the mental side of it and, you know, basically outsmarting hitters now. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really an interesting part of the conversation because obviously like the mental component of what you do is pretty vast, right? Because like obviously you have the mental side of it where you, like you said, you were trying to outsmart the hitters and, and that's one component. And then you have to stand up to the pressures of a game, right? Like being able to last, you know, seven, eight innings or and and make sure that you have the mental fortitude. Like obviously we've talked a lot about the physical fortitude, but you need the mental fortitude to go that deep. And like, I mean, you know, you pitched a, a combined no hitter in, in September of last year. So like that is an example, right? Do you feel like as the game is going on, you're getting deeper? Did, like, were you thinking about that? Like, Hey, this is a no hitter. I'd really like to like make this happen. Or are you just focused on like the one pitch at a time? How are you breaking that down mentally? Yeah, for me, I, I didn't really notice it. Um, you know, my, my, my main focus for every start now is, you know, kind of, you know, is, is the one pitch at a time, um, mentality. Um, for me, if, if I'm able to take care of business leading up to my start so that I'm fully prepared, um, body feels good, you know, had a good bullpen, pitches look good. Mechanically, you feel good. The last component is the mental piece leading into it. If you know that you're prepared, you know how to get guys out, you know, this certain hitter, um, get, get, get out this way. This guy can get out this way. It's just more about executing your pitches. Um, and knowing that, Hey, you're going to have misses in every start. That's just kind of, you know, no pitcher is on the mound and even in perfect games through a pitch exactly where they want it to every single time. You know, there's always mistakes that are made. So you got to know that going in that, Hey, you know, mistakes are going to happen. It's just about where my miss is going to be when I, when I make this pitch. Um, so it's, that to me is built into a lot of my bullpens and the prep leading up to games of, Hey, mechanically, I want to be able to throw this pitch here, but if I'm going to miss mechanically, I want the miss to, to pull it, you know, away from the plate. You don't want it to be left over the middle of the plate. Cause that's where, where damage is done. So um, that's something I've kind of built into all of my, my pitches mechanically kind of just how I'm going about things is when I make mistakes, I'm going to make mistakes in good places. I'm not going to make mistakes over the plate. Cause being, being, you know, anybody can go out there and get anyone out when you're on top of your game, throwing everything where you want to. Um, it's, it's, it's the days that you aren't able to hit every spot. Um, you know, your fastball isn't, isn't as hard that day. Your curveball is not as good that day. Um, you have to be able to know how to get hitters out when your best stuff isn't there. And knowing a lot of that is knowing where your mistakes are. Um, you know, certain days you might walk an extra guy or two because you're being a little bit more careful, but in turn, you know, you're going to have ball, less balls that are left over the plate and, you know, give your better chance, give yourself for better chances for better results. So for me, a lot of that's built into to the mental side of it, not just trying to overpower something when you're struggling that day. It's, it's kind of falling back to your training of knowing that, Hey, you know, this, I've done this a million times. This is where my mistake is going to be. Don't try to do something that you can't do. And, um, for me, that ties into kind of the one pitch at a time is putting everything to the side of, hey, you know, I this last pitch, I just, you know, hung a slider that a guy missed. Okay, I got away with it. Let's try to throw it again and make it even better. Like, no, it's, it's just you made a mistake, step off the mound, take a deep breath, flush it, get back into, you know, get back on the mound, get back into your, your preparation and, and your game plan of trying to get hitters out and just know that your body um, – is, is going to follow suit because it has for you know, hundreds of times before that. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I, I think that like the, the self-awareness, right. Of like knowing that if you're going to like, right. No, one's always going to be at peak performance, like stuff happens, mm -hmm. bodies are fickle. 
Um, but having the awareness to kind of have like secondary or third level game plans of like, all right, well, if I'm not going to be perfect today, this is where I know I'm prone to make mistakes. So this is the game plan now. Is that kind of how you're putting games together? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've, I've over the course of, you know, my, my time in the big leagues, I've, I've developed, you know, I've, I throw five different pitches now. Um, so I would say of my 33 starts last year, I probably had four starts where I was able to throw every pitch the way I wanted to. Um, so then you've got another 10 starts where, Hey, you know, the slider isn't very good today. So we got to rely on the curveball more. Um, the changeup isn't very good, to, good today. So we've got to you know, rely on the slider more. So you kind of find out pretty early in games um, of what feels good and what doesn't. Obviously, you can't completely not throw a pitch because it just eliminates one look that a hitter um, doesn't have to worry about. So even this, this kind of goes back to the, hey, it doesn't feel great today. Know where your mistake is and just throw it there. You know, sometimes you throw balls on purpose if they're more, you know, for the purpose of another pitch. Um, so you can't completely can, you know, can a pitch, which I think um, that's something I kind of preach to a lot of our young guys is, hey, even if your curveball isn't good that day, throwing one in the dirt can help your fastball or can help your changeup, whatever it may be. Um, it's just something that it doesn't necessarily have to be a good pitch. It's something that has to be in the hitter's mind. That's where it's all uh, all goes back to, to playing the mind games with the hitter and trying to outsmart the hitter. If, hey, the more pitches you have, even if they're not very good that day, it still has to be in their mind of, hey, he might throw this or he might throw this. Um, so for me, a lot of the game plan is knowing, hey, if the curveball's not good today and the slider's better, that's fine. We can rely on the slider every now and then. We need to throw this curveball just to give us the, the option of going to the other stuff. Um, and so I think a lot of that is, is is the game planning that goes into it of knowing in certain counts when you can throw this pitch, even if you're not throwing it well, just to get you know someone off another pitch. And so I think that's kind of where the extra kind of the next layer of pitching is for a lot of guys is knowing that is basically knowing how to get outs when your stuff isn't, isn't that good that day. Yeah, definitely. And so when you're sitting, like when you're prepping for a game and you're sitting down and kind of like, I, I've seen interviews that, and you spent time working with a sports psychologist and you keep a journal and you obviously place a lot of focus on the mental components of your performance. Um, kind of like the day before a game or the hours before a game when you're dialing, getting focused uh, what are, what are you kind of like hoping for in terms of outcome? Like, obviously the goal is to win, right? But that's like, if that's relying on other people on the team, like there's a, there's a million components to go into winning a game, but in terms of your own performance, like, are you just trying to focus on the fundamentals and deliver each pass, each pitch the best you can? Is that like your main goal or is your main goal? Like, Hey, like I'm a fierce competitor. I want to go out here and like, I want to win this game. You know what I mean? How are you kind of like breaking down those two competing things? Yeah, so a big part of my my day after I pitch, which is part of my recovery, it goes kind of goes back to the recovery day, is breaking down my video of the day before. Um, so my goal when I'm on the mound is to, you know, focus on one pitch at a time and then execute for me as many pitches as possible. And execution of a pitch has nothing to do with whether it was a strike or a ball or what the result was or really what happened in the game. It's completely separate of what I'm trying to you know accomplish as a pitcher. For me, if I can go out and I, if I can execute as many pitches as I can that day, um, it's going to give you know myself and the team the best chance to to, to win. Um, so when I'm breaking down video after the game, um, you know I, I look at every pitch you know separately, and it's basically I'm, I'm determining whether I executed that pitch or not. Um, so if it's the very first pitch of the game and I'm trying to throw a fastball in the outer half, like you give yourself more of a you know room to miss to, you know, in a way of whether that pitch was executed or not versus when you have two strikes on a guy and you're trying to strike him out. Like, yes, you may have struck the guy out, but it was a bad pitch. The guy just swung and missed. So that's, that would, for me is a non-executed pitch. Um, so my goal is to always try to be in like 70 or more of, of as far as execution goes um, as a whole in the season last year, I think I ended up being about 73% on execution. Um, 2021, I was about 77% execution, which was the year I won the Cy Young. Um, so for me, it's just, it, part of the recovery day is going in and watching video and, you know, basically breaking down the execution, every pitch, each pitch is thrown in, in, put in a different category, whether it was a, you know, a cutter, a sinker, a curveball or slider, um, ahead in the count, behind in the count. So basically everything, 
you, you, I spend the time of tracking every pitch and putting it kind of in, in a spreadsheet and a chart, which is what, um, my, my site, my mental coach helps me with. Um, and then he, you know, put, turns all the data, spits it back out to me. And I know that, Hey, my cutter to left handers on, you know, the inner half of the plate, when I was ahead in the count, I only executed at 30% of the time when we're looking for you know, that 70% execution. So in my bullpen and my preparation that week, I could focus on, you know, throwing the cutter to the, you know, that side of the plate or whatever it may be. So it kind of gives me a, a game plan of what I want to do and what I want to focus on, um, for that next week. Um, so it's kind of like a built in system of, Hey, yeah, main focus is recovery. Make sure the body's, you know, prep for the next start but then the you know the pitching focus is basically spit out to me in this you know this data that we do of hey curveball wasn't very good but we knew that but we only executed it you know 30 percent of the time um so that's something that we can make better in the next start so for me it's, it's, it's all about execution and that kind of leads me into my uh, my preparation for the next week and kind of gives me the goal of if what, what i want to do every time i take the ball yeah, no, that's really cool. Like the the deep focus on both the fundamentals and also like the data and statistics element of it, I think is like really, really insightful. And I, and I also think like from a practicality standpoint, right? Like th- there's a lot of work going into all this from your perspective and the people on your staff and your team helping you achieve all this. But kind of like the, the thing that's really executable of it all is that you get to really just kind of like focus on these kind of like very – you know, my new elements of your performance as an athlete, instead of having to worry about like this big picture stuff, it's like, okay, what can I control? How do I like, what, it, what is it within my control? What happens when, when this happens, when this happens and how can I adapt and evolve in response to all of those outcomes? Cause like you said, you never know what's going to happen when you go into a mm-hmm. game, but you know what you're capable of. And you know that like, if something's slipping, if you're getting tired, you even kind of like know the outcomes in those regards and how to like respond and adapt to all of that. So, I mean, it sounds like at this point, I mean, you're, you're, you know, still early in your baseball career, you're a young guy and you've got this like pretty well wired. So I, I'm sure that we're, you know, I expect to continue to see um, big, big things and awesome performance. <laughs> you, because you just seem like a really um, well-developed athlete, both in terms of physical capability, but also in terms of like just knowing yourself and, and intelligence. So I think that's, that's, that's awesome to see. Um, in terms of your plans for the future, I'm sure, like, are you approaching that kind of the same way you approach your pitching, just like one season at a time? Or do you think, like, more far out, like, these are my, my broad goals with baseball or these are my goals outside of baseball? How do you approach all that? Yeah, so, you know, as far as baseball goes, yeah, I think it's more just taking it, you know, one one season at a time. Um, you know, there's, I, I've when I set out from – you know, just starting my baseball career, you know, you have all these goals of, Hey, I want to be an all-star. I want to win a Cy Young. And, you know, the eventual is, you know, you want to win a world series. So for me, um, you know, I've, I've achieved basically every personal goal that I've wanted to achieve in my career. Um, that was kind of one of those things that it was, I joked about telling my wife, it's like, Hey, you know what, when I win a Cy Young, you know, I'll be good to, I'm, I'm good to retire. So, you know, two years ago I won the Cy Young. She's like, so you're going to retire now? I was like, well, can't really do that yet. But, um, you know, for, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, personal goals, you know, I've, I've basically, I've, I've reached them all. Um, obviously that's the one I've gotten and performed the best I can, um, you know, for the rest of my career, every single season. But, um, for me, it's that, that last goal is, is, is one in the world series. So it's, it's, it's winning, it's, it's winning it all. Um, so that's kind of not necessarily what drives my, you know, my off seasons of, Hey, I want to win a world series. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win a world series. Obviously there's still parts that go into that of staying healthy and, and, um, make sure you're at the top of your game. But, um, as far as, you know, when, when, when the season starts and, and, you know, my goal for, for, for the team at the end of the year is, is to be standing there holding the trophy, um, to, to having won, won a world series. So, um, as far as my baseball career goes, if, if, if I can at the end of, end of my career, say that I won a world series, that would kind of, you know, kind of top everything off. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how much longer I'll be able to play this game. Um, yeah, I don't know how long the, the body's going to hold on for. I don't know, um, how long the game's going to want to want me to be around. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of guys' careers are dictated by kind of what the game throws at them and, and what the game asks for. Um, so a lot of guys can say, Hey, I want to play for 20 years and, you know, 10 years in, all of a sudden you kind of find yourself w- without a job just because the game has gone in a different direction. So, um, for me, it's, it's kind of just taking it one season at a time because you never know when, when the season's going to be your last. And so for me, it's, it's, uh, to, to, to take it one season at a time. It's, it's to prioritize my health so that I can do what I can to, to help the team win. And, um, at the end of the year, um, 
you know, take some time to, to spend the time with the family and, and kind of reflect on the, on the season we had and, um, then, you know, start preparing and, and do it all over again until, until basically the, the, you know, the game takes, takes the, uh, takes the jersey off your back or, or takes the cleats away from you. Yeah, no, that, that's a really great perspective. And, uh, hey, I'll be rooting for you the whole way, everyone over here. <laughs> and I suppose that, like, the way you approach things, <laughs> the way you approach things, right, like with such a deep focus on kind of like the fundamentals and your own ability and kind of like this incremental progress and, and pecking away at your own weaknesses and just making sure that you're executing as best as you know that you're physically capable of doing, that kind of like no matter what the outcome may be down the road, like you'll at least be able to know that you did whatever you could have done, right? Like everything that's yeah. in your power, it sounds like you're executing on all of it. So like, I think that that's where if I was a, like in, in my life with the things I do, like my business and other things, it's like, that's how I rest well at night. It's like, okay, I know that I've done the best I can with, with everything that I have available to me. And there are things outside of my control, unfortunately. Um, I think things are going to go great. And I, like, <laughs> like you, I achieved many of my uh, personal goals at a, at a young age. They weren't nearly as cool as being an all-star or winning a second award. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I did them. And it's kind of like, you know, at least I can rest easy knowing that, like, I'm, I'm doing what I can. And I'd imagine that for you, it's, it's mostly the same. Like, you've broken down your game and your plan and everything to, like, such kind of, like, isolated fundamental levels that, that you'll be able to look back and know that, hey, like, I did everything I could have done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you said it well. Of hey, when 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 I finally sign those papers to say I'm retired, that you know, it's you don't want to have any regrets. You don't want to be like, hey, you know, I wish I would have would have done this early on in my career. Of you know, focus on you know the mental side of it more, or or trained harder, or done this you know mechanically, or done this with pitches stuff, or you know just done something differently. For me, um, you know, with what I've done the last three seasons, um, coming off a year where I, where I really struggled. Um, it kind of put me on this path and put me in the direction that I wanted to go in. So for me, it's, it's continually to, to, to wake up in the morning and, and, um, you know, do what I can, you know, physically and, and, and mentally to, to best prepare myself for the, for the season. And also, obviously on top of that, be the best, I, you know, best, best husband and, and dad I can be. Cause I know that, um, you know, when my career is over, I'm going to have them a lot longer than, than base than I have baseball. So for me, it's, making sure I do what I can to, to support them. And, and, um, you know, if, if I'm able to play this game for another 10 years, great. If it only gives me three or four more years, great. Um, I just wanted to, to, like you say, when you put your head on the pillow at night, know that you did whatever you could to not only have the best career you had, but, you know, do the best you can to support your family. That's awesome, man. I mean, like you have a, a great kind of like value system and, and a way of thinking about it all. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, it was super insightful really loved learning about how you approach your athletics and kind of like the mindset of it all. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you back again sometime, but in the meantime, enjoy, uh, the brief respite, you know, before you're, I mean, you're already getting back in the thick of it now, but, uh, enjoy the off season. Uh, we look forward to seeing what you do in 2023. Awesome. Thank you. And I, you know, appreciate, appreciate you having me on and, uh, yeah, definitely look forward to, to chatting some more. Yeah, likewise. Um, if our viewers want to follow along with you, your your progress, uh, where do you recommend they follow you at? Yeah, I'd follow along. Um, you know, basically all my social media accounts are going, but um, you know, more than anything, it's it's, it's kind of the, kind of the Instagram that um, you know it's kind of the, uh, kept up the most. Um, so you can you guys can follow me on Instagram. Um, watch any game you can. Um, hopefully, you'll, you'll catch one of the games I'm I'm starting in. Um, it only happens about 30 of the times of the season. So, um, but, but would love for you guys to, 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 to follow along with the career and, and watch any start you can. And, um, if you happen to be in, in Milwaukee or cross paths with me on the long, along the way, come and say hi. Definitely. Uh, we'll put your, your social media handles in the show notes. That way people can follow along there. Um, thank you again, Corbin, for the time today. And, uh, we look forward to a, an awesome 23 season from you. Awesome. Thank you.